Vegas is your place for all things Grand Rapids Griffins and all things Toledo Walleye. This is the Hockey Town West Podcast with your host, Brandon Cook and Nick Harrington. Welcome back to the Hockey Town West Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm Nick. And we've got a fun one here for everybody. So if you're jumping to this, you know the title already. This is the episode that will feature the one and only Amadeus Lombardi as our first player interview as a podcast. And we'll get to that more later here. But we realized that that's going to bring some new listeners, I think. What do you think, buddy? Yeah. I mean, we we interviewed another player before. Tyler Kuehl. He was a player. Okay. Sorry. I should say Griffin's player. But yeah, no, Amadeus on this one. It was a fun one. But we realized it'll bring some new faces here. So we're going to kind of tell you who we are here, why we exist. So we cover specifically the Grand Rapids Griffins and the Toledo Walleye, you know, the farm teams of the Detroit Red Wings. Because last year we came together, we, we were season ticket holders, we were going to all the games. And it was a rough season last year for anyone that remembers. And we're like, you know what? We talk about this enough together and complain and whine about it let's put a microphone in front of us and see what happens here and we've done that we are a year into this now and uh this has become something we never thought it would be yeah this has taken off so crazy um i mean i had a feeling in the summer that you know we we need to get a kind of a plan together and like continue to grow and uh it's we've gotten there faster than i thought so it's uh it's crazy it's a remarkable and you know thank for thank you for everybody that continues to to listen in every week um and we do about two two episodes a week and uh patreon as well so uh you guys' continued support and growth has helped us you know continue to to grow as well as podcasters so uh because neither of us have been on radio before and uh we definitely don't have the faces for video so <laughs> and we still do video on youtube it's crazy yeah everything we've done is self-taught we're not we're not music people. We're not radio people. We don't know what we're doing. We just come here to talk hockey and have a good time. And like Nick said, thank you to everyone who has supported us. And welcome to the new faces listening uh, to this episode here and hopefully more in the future. This is a fun one, though. We had a crazy weekend of hockey we're going to talk about. And then we'll get to the Amadeus interview. And that'll be pretty much it for this Monday episode. But let's talk Griffin's hockey this weekend. Manitoba Moose in town for back-to-back games Friday and Saturday. And they were just as wild as I think we anticipated based off how our road trip to Manitoba went last time where the Griffins needed three goal comebacks in each game to win them. Uh, we saw a total combined between the two games, 16 rounds of shootouts this weekend. This was this was insane. It was crazy. Um, it's it's really funny because Friday I, I look, we sat down and I looked at you and I said, you know, I haven't been to an overtime game uh, home yet. I don't think we've had many and you're like there's been one i'm like oh yeah the puck incident and i wasn't there for that one and uh we're sitting through this period or three periods of hockey and i'm like i think we need four goals to win this brandon and you're like stop 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 <laughs> and uh we definitely needed four goals to win this game yeah so if anyone was stressed watching those games this weekend it is 100 percent nick's fault he jinxed every single thing that <laughs> happened this weekend almost to a t so Let's dive into it. Friday night in front of a crowd of 9,500 at Van Andel. It was rocking. You were there with me. And this game was all over the place. The Griffins came out, dominated this game to start with. Uh, you know, 3-0 three, three lead 40 seconds into the uh, third there. Or sorry. Yeah, 40 seconds into the third. And then Manitoba had a really quick comeback, which we've seen, you know, some other teams do against this team. 
And then it was solid, but then the Griffins end up winning this one in a 10-round shootout. This was one of the wildest games I could think of to memory at this point, just because of how back and forth it was. But let's talk overall here. So let's start with a guy who was a real standout in this one, and I think a guy that's gaining a lot of attention in his play lately, not just from us and other media, it's from the coaching staff too. The post-game interviews mentioned how much better this individual has been playing lately. That's Elmer Soderblom. He's playing his probably his best hockey as a Griffin right now. Yeah, I would have to agree. He, um, I mean, this whole weekend, I we have mentioned it off off air, but I mean, his puck possession has been fantastic this last few uh, this over the weekend. He's been able to keep the puck away and keep the possession in the ozone. I mean, it's it's led to some chances, uh, and hopefully, I mean, it's just getting better. You know. I really, I still want to compare him to that Michael Rasmussen from a couple of years ago when uh, just kind of the big body, trying to learn, play good hockey. That was his New Year's resolution. And I think that's kind of what we've seen with Elmer the second half of this season. Yeah, I mean, we we used to joke, you know, Bambi on skates for the first half of the season is what one of our, our friendly writers had called him at some point. And we kind of ran with that too, because that's what it looked like. And Christmas break happened. And suddenly after that, he looks confident. He looks strong on the puck. He's skating really, really well and just making really good business decisions with the puck when it's on his stick. Like he's not putting himself in situations where before you're like, oh, he gave it away. Oh, he gave it away. Oh, it's a turnover. No, like he's just he's playing smart hockey. And we always we're seeing him now in the offensive zone, just kind of owning it. Uh, One place I'd like to see him get closer to is the front of the net. But, you know, that's usually the center's role and he's not a center. But. I would like to see him spend more time screening the goalie up there because, as Kosa alluded to in an interview, one of the toughest guys to play against in practice is Elmer with how just much of a giant human being he is. But he had a fantastic Friday. He had an assist in that game, played really well, missed his shootout opportunity. He got the first go in the shootout. He did miss. He tried a fancy move, and it didn't end up playing out well. But, again, just playing really, really good hockey. And that correlates right to the next guy who also is playing really good hockey right now. Um, Mr. Tim Gettinger. He had himself a Friday night. Oh, my God. The pride of Cleveland right here. Tim Gettinger. <laughs> he had the first goal of the game. It was his 10th of the season, assisted by Volander and Dominic Shine. And then Tim Gettinger ended up eating the shootout winner, which was a nice little move by him. I didn't know he had that in him. But just... Uh, you know, we talked, we want the rookies to contribute and we want the uh, veterans to can uh, uh, to contribute more and more. And, dude, he's one of the veterans that we need to contribute. He's been playing extremely well. Yeah, he was on a cast streak the beginning of the season. So we're like, where did this guy come from? Like, where it's not somebody that was on the radar of uh, coming in and doing so well so fast. And then he kind of went on a cold streak, you know, uh, hasn't put the puck in the net in a while. And then big weekend Friday, you know, putting the first one on the board. He's tall. He's lengthy. He, he's he got some speed when he can use it. So I don't know if he had the all-star break, was able to kind of recoup and re- reset, recover from maybe a small nagging injury or anything like that, or just having the break to, to reset uh, definitely helped him uh, coming back out for the weekend. So, yeah, good uh, good Tim, Tim Gettinger. And I think, I don't know if you listened to the, uh, the interview after after yeah. the game. And he's, they're like, why did you go last? And he's like, I don't think the coaches knew kind of like what I had. <laughs> he goes, I, I don't know, know what he had. Yeah, I don't know what he had. <laughs> so, yeah, 
There was, there was three guys that scored in that shootout there. Gettinger was one of them. Our boy Amadeus was another one. His shootout goal was unreal. He doesn't think it was anything special. But, oh, my God, that move, just unreal. He was able to get Barry right behind Milich there. And then the other guy, though, Jonathan Berggren, dude. Shootout cheat code at this point, in my opinion. He's he's ridiculous. Yeah, his his shootout attempt was sick. He I thought he played a really good game this whole weekend. Like both games, he played very very well, and I think he's uh, his trade value is really up. What Rowan would say? <laughs> no, but you know what? I used to I used to be like, yeah, that might be a possibility. And with the confidence and swagger he's playing right now, with right now, if that translates to the NHL when he goes back to Detroit at some point he's going to be a different player than what he was in Detroit at the beginning of the season and for the chunk of last season if he can carry that forward and have that same swagger about himself he's going to be a dominant NHL player we can't let that go I don't think anymore uh, and I hope that management has seen that as well like you said what he's been doing lately and this what he did this weekend just absolutely insane which there's a play we'll get to when we talk about saturday's game that he made in overtime that i it yeah. just blew my mind but you know another guy i think uh, we don't we talk about him often on here but he gets buried in the shadow of defensemen that are on this team antituamisto he he's been paired up with simon edmondson playing the first pairing minutes almost since he's been back from injury essentially and he really feels like he's found himself in the AHL. He understands how to play. He's not putting himself in bad position. He's making really smart defensive plays with the puck. And sometimes it feels like he's bailing Simon out almost. You know, Simon will get in too deep and tries to be the offensive defenseman that he is. And Tuomisto's just being the stay-at-home defenseman, playing really well. Always looks concerned, but is uh is playing really, really good hockey right now. I mean plus two in that game doesn't have any offensive stats to show, but you know, on the defensive side of the puck to be the standout, him and Edmondson both plus two in that game, they were the highest plus on the team. It's got to be noted that he's just playing some really, really good hockey right now. Yeah. And I like the idea of having two in the first there, and then you can move Albert. Who's who is a first line, you know, first line defenseman. Like he, he anchored that spot with Simon almost well half the half the season already and then a lot a good portion of last year so being able to move a top defenseman down to the second line i mean that just gives wadi that much more like confidence of being able to say hey we can roll any forwards out there with them we know the team's gonna be responsibly defensively in our own zen or in our own end with albert so um and it gives who's he who's i forget who the, the who he's paired up with on oh Rafferty. Friday. Rafferty, which who's more yep. of an offensive guy. So, I mean, that's helped uh, a lot. I mean, on the offensive side, too. Yeah, I mean, and what we've heard more recently is is more prospects have been doing interviews lately. They've been kind of getting out of their shell and talking more. They all, all have named Albert Johansson as probably the most underrated defenseman in the entire AHL. And I don't want to toot my own horn, but I've been saying that all season long. And uh, it's true, man. He's, he's just an incredible, incredible hockey player. But you mentioned lines. There's a line we got to talk about that we saw debut Friday night, and it's something that we've been begging for, and that is the line of Carter Mazer, Marco Casper, and Jonathan Berggren all on the same line together. Holy smokes. How much fun was that? That was so – like, it was such a good line. That line was buzzing. It feels like Mazer really has been bringing – any line you put Mazer on has been just humming, like – 
uh, and for a while, I think it was like him, Sarnik, and Bergy, right? Yeah, and then yeah they, it was uh, him, Sarnik, Bergy. Yep. And th- that line started like sparking right away. They had good chemistry. And then you move him down to Cat with Casper in the center, and Casper had a remarkable goal. Like I'm surprised you haven't brought that up yet. But they in between the legs, <laughs> in between the legs, and scoring that goal, like that was nuts. And it only took him one try. Sorry, Elmer. <laughs> but, but like that and Marco's really grown and he's gotten so much better. He's gotten so much better this season as the season progressive, like progresses. He's playing very well. He's getting points on the board. He's rising up the lineup. I mean, it's, I think he's going to have a big second half, especially with the chemistry of these two wingers helping him really carry him up. You know, I mean, in reality, this is the potential third line in Detroit at some point in time. Like, and if that's the case, we've only seen them now two games together. But, oh my God, has it been fun for everybody involved. And like you said, yep, I was going to get to it. The Marco Casper goal. Oh my God. The pull that between the legs move off there to give the Griffins a 3 nothing lead. Like, that, that goal was so crucial in the game. And he just did it with so much confidence and poise in front of the net. Like, I didn't see it coming. It was right in front of us. And I, I thought I saw it in real time, and I had to pull up the replay on my phone immediately to go, did he really do that? And he did. And, oh, man, you could tell him the celly. He he was, he was he couldn't believe it. Edvinson couldn't believe it. The look on his face was pure shock. Uh, it was, man, that was fun. And then seeing that line, I mean, that was, that line came together for that goal. You had Casper with the goal, Peregrine and Mazer with the assist. Like, first game together on a line, do something like that. We knew we were in for a treat. It might be goal of the year, to be honest, like for the Griffins. It's easily the Griffins' goal of the year so far, 100%. 100%. But, you know, overall in that game, I thought the team played a really good team game. Yes, it got put to a shootout. Yes, Manitoba's the bottom team in the division. But here's the thing about being the bottom team in the division. You're desperate. You're going to do everything you possibly can, and we're probably getting the peak best play out of those players going into this game. And it showed. Like, there's no, there's some really, really talented individuals on that team. I mean, Brad Lambert himself, he's an unreal hockey player. And then, you know, their goaltender, someone we talked about earlier this season when we did their preview, he spent some time in the ECHL, was an ECHL all-star. And look at him here now. He's Thomas Milich. He's just playing in- incredible hockey. He's super aggressive. He's a smaller goaltender compared to other goaltenders in the league right now. But he plays like he's the size of Kosa. He's super aggressive, takes the angles away. And as honestly a really fun goaltender to watch. I just wish he wasn't playing against us. But overall, man, it was a good game. I think Hutch had a decent game. There was that little stretch there, but no one on the team faulted Hutch for that. I think it was a bad four to five minutes of hockey for the whole team where Manitoba scored, you know, their three goals to tie the game within about a four minute stretch in the third yeah. period. That was an ugly bit, but that was all that that was on the whole team, not just Hutch. I know when we watched him play Belleville in his last game, he looked shaky. I thought he looked a lot more sound in this game, which was a positive. And, uh, you know, they didn't pull him. They kept him in, which I thought was really important. And he was really sound the rest of the game. That three-minute stretch happened, or four-minute stretch happened really early in the third. It was in the three-minutes and five-minute mark of the third period. So for him to be able to be sound in that, sound in overtime, and in the shootout as well, I mean, I can't complain about his performance in this game. Yeah, I thought he played. He came out. He had some little flair to him uh, in the pregame warm up. And I mean, letting the three goals in, I don't think they were all really on him. Uh, 
then they went to drop the puck and Waddy called the timeout. And I was like, thank God, like get this team settled down. Get a, I think that was a big momentum change too. And it was a good time to call it. Um, I mean, we were calling for it where we were sitting. And I was like, you have to call the timeout at this point. Like reset the guys. Let's get this going again. Um, so yeah, I, I thought Hutch played well. It was his first shootout of the year. So I wasn't sure how he was going to be in that because the last one Costa took. And, uh, but yeah, it's, I, I thought, I thought he played well. Tracking the puck well. Man, Manitoba sent their shooters out in that shootout too. Lambert, Reichel, Chipperkoff, Capabianco, like they were all in there. And I mean, Chipperkoff and Pinola are the only two guys that got past him. He stopped everybody else. So it was impressive for him. And he does, he did have a little bit of a swagger and flair that night. I noticed it in warmups for Saturday too. He did one of the somersault saves on somebody in, in, in warmups. I was like, what is going on over there? So you can tell overall as a team, man, the boys are feeling it. They're feeling really good right now. And as they should, they've been playing some incredible hockey and this game put them at a seven game win streak. And I can't remember the last time that's happened. No, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's good. Like the, it was loud Friday night too. Like it was packed. My watch went off. I looked at the notifications the next day and I had like nine notifications that it was too loud in the arena. And I was like, this hasn't happened in Van Andel in a long time. Like, where I've been getting notifications that it's too loud. So crowd was in it. The one thing I do want to mention about Hutch is like he took a penalty, which I was not happy about, but what? Soft call. That was stupid. Yeah. But he was like, he was laughing about it. And the guy comes around the um he comes around the boards and Hutch gives him just a little tap and the guy falls over. And uh he Hutch was laughing about it with the official. The, the official was laughing too. I was able to get a, a little bit of it, but um yeah, and I was like, dude, you got to step up. You like, it was a soft call, but you can't be taking the risk. I mean, I hate when our goalies are behind the net right now because it's not, it has not. He wasn't out. behind the net. He was in the crease though when he did that, and he stuck his blocker out in the guy's chest a little bit, and they called that a trip. But the guy was crashing the net. Like, I think he played the play right. I think the ref was soft on that, just like we saw. Johansson get called for roughing near the end of the game there when he threw yeah. a guy into the boards. But you pointed out, and I watched the replay back, when Johansson throws this guy into the boards, there's a fan standing there who legit <laughs> throws his whole body into the boards as the Manitoba player hits it. So not only did the guy get Johansson throwing him from one side, he had a full-size fan, a full-size human being, throwing his weight into the glass, and he was in the middle of that. and He fell right to the ice. I called it. He said he went to... He had a good acting school included in his contract, but I think there was something there. I think that fan might have had a little bit of an uh, impact on that hit. Yeah, he was a big guy. There was a couple, there was, there was like two or three big guys down there. And I saw him like literally go up to the glass at the same time and hit it. So the Manitoba guy literally kind of bounced off the glass uh, when Albert hit him. So, I mean, it, it looked worse than what it looked like. It looked worse than probably what it was. Yeah, I mean, that glass is designed to give way when those guys get hit. So for a, a, another object on the other side, you keep the glass from giving way. I'm sure that hit hurt because it was full speed. Yeah. It, it wasn't boarding. It wasn't anything like that. How it got it's called a rough, I don't know. And if it, if it was a little scrum afterwards that resulted in the roughing, again, soft. Because Albert didn't do much. He just stood there like he does. That's what he does. He doesn't throw punches. So, yeah, I don't know. The ref, it's just me complaining about the refs either. again. Yeah, they were not. Uh, they were not. And I think they were not great Saturday. It, 
It's funny too because there's just one referee that carried forth from Friday to Saturday, and we all heard his name in that section that we were sitting in. Uh, one fan liked to point out that his name was Adam and that he sucked. Uh, and that carried <laughs> forward into Saturday, just so you're very well aware. So maybe Adam had something against us. Who knows? Yeah. Well, let's hop into Saturday here because this one was kind of a heartbreaker. You know, we, it gets forced to a shootout again, a six round shootout. My heart can't take this, boys. Like, we can't do yeah. this. Uh, I can't have the Lions be in the cardiac cast. The Red Wing is doing what they're doing right now with their crazy comebacks and all this. And us doing these shootouts like this, I, I can't handle that. But Again, another really solid team game from the boys in front of 9,600 fans. Another great, loud crowd. It was Princess Night, so the kids were in full force, too. Oh, my God, where they, Bob and Larry had a couple in front of them in the broadcast booth that if you watch the game at home, you could clearly hear those kids for about the whole darn game. I could hear them. I, I gave up my ticket for you because I know this was a special night for you, the to Princess Night. So, um, Jokes yeah, I, I mean, carry for it every year. <laughs> it, was, it was loud. Bob and Larry were... Uh, I could hear it through the broadcast. I was like, man, I feel bad for Brandon tonight. <laughs> it was, yeah, my you said your watch went off about six times Friday. Mine had 12 notifications from Saturday alone. <laughs> but um, the first period, man, they come out and the Griffins outshoot Manitoba 17 to six in this first period. Insane. And we talked in depth, you know, in our midseason recap on Thursday. We're like, there's one guy who probably is, we don't know if he'll improve or not. It wasn't us talking smack. It's just kind of looking at the statistics and kind of thinking what we should see happen with them. And it was Cross Hannis. You know, we haven't seen yeah. much from the season. We've seen a lot of healthy scratches. Guy comes out five Friday minutes night. in, he gets the first goal. Yeah. It was scratch Friday night, but he comes out on Saturday, first goal of the game, assisted by Edmondson and Lombardi. Like, it was a little tap in, cleaning up the mess in front of the net there because Simon wired a shot from the blue line off the crossbar. It was a beautiful shot, but. Cross was there, the right place, right time, playing his position, and tapped it in. And man, the sense of relief on his face and the excitement when he got that one in—he needed that so badly. I felt so good for him on that. And honestly, overall, he played a sound game after that too. He didn't—he—he he, he looked a lot better than what we've seen recently. He had some pep in his step. Maybe it was being scratched on Friday night. I don't know. Uh, he had an extra day, you know, to come back. But remember, he hasn't played in 13 days, and he came out and his wheels were moving. So it was good to see. I was looking at his stats and his stats for the season. He's like almost on pace. He's played more twice the amount of games this year, I think. Yeah, and he's like his, and he's not pacing well at all. So, um, yeah, he's. I don't know. Hopefully, this is the thing that gets him going, and he starts improving, and uh, we start seeing some more goals. When I heard that hit the post, I was like, of course it was Cross. But <laughs> Simon Simon shot it and then Cross cleaned it up. So uh, yeah. right place, right time. Hopefully this is the continued thing. Yeah, and then this game turned into a really back-and-forth game, though. I mean, that was early in the game. 13 minutes in, Manitoba ties the game. 17 minutes in, though, Jonathan Berggren, 14th goal of the season, assisted by his new linemate, Marco Casper, and the, you know, the journeyman, Brogan Rafferty, getting an assist in there, as he should. Uh, there's another a great time and place for Berggren buries a rebound and the Sally was just elite. This kid, we talked earlier in the season, he looked unhappy. He wasn't celebrating his goals. And now I feel like, okay, is he over celebrating? Like, <laughs> is he going too much? Is this other team going to come around and try to clobber him? Like they did it uh, against Belleville, but man, he is just having so much fun on the ice right now. Like you said, playing incredible hockey. And the Casper Bergie Mazer line strikes again. Like 
it, it, it was good. And we saw that line get into it a couple times with people. There was a scrum in front of Milich there that, you know, Casper was Casper's getting pinned up against the boards face first by two Manitoba guys. And there's a Griffin stand in the front row saying something to him. And you see Casper looked out at him with a big smile on his face. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> like you could tell those boys are having fun together. Unfortunately, Mazer ended up taking a roughing penalty in that one. I think the ref was just trying to gain control of the game. It was coincidental minor. So nothing really happened there, but it's lying, that, man. It's, it's going to be fun. That Bergie goal wouldn't have happened without Marco Casper. Like he oh. literally gets cleared out of the crease area. It opens up this huge hole for Bergie to shoot. Like, I, I just remember clipping it, and all you see is Casper literally fly <laughs> out of the area. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, some size does him well <laughs> over the offseason. Honestly, for real, though, but, like, you know, we've talked about Marco Casper a lot lately as he's really one that's been turning it on, and he's finally getting the attention we think he deserves as a prospect. But his aggression... Like, the kid has no fear. He's smaller than a lot of these guys he's playing against, but he does not care. He's going to get in your face. He's going to shove you around. He's going to make your life difficult if you're a defender, especially right in front of the net. He plays the center position extremely well. We just know with size will come the face-offs as well, as that is a little bit of a negative point for him, at least from our observation. There's no face-off stats tracked in the AHL, at least publicly. So thanks again for that, AHL. But... Speaking of face-offs, I noticed something between Friday and Saturday that I've got to point out. And yeah. I meant to ask this to Amadeus, but Austin Zarnik might be the best center I've ever seen in my life. The guy loses like one or two face-offs a game. He's insane. And watching him on the power play, if we're in the defensive or the offensive zone, he's just winning, constantly setting things up. And it's important why I say that because he ends up getting the Griffin's third goal in this game, and it was on the power play. Started from a face-off win by himself, a couple passes back and forth between him, Mazer, and Edmondson. Edmondson gives it to him, and he wires it home. And just again, just seeing Zarnik's face-offs really played a key role in this weekend, and I think that goes unrecognized because we've said it before, and I'll say it again. Austin Zarnik is the most unappreciated member of this organization with how well he can play up in Detroit or down in Grand Rapids. It's funny you say that because I, I literally said this the other night too. Is like, he like you have your top prospects, Marco Casper. You've got um, Berggren. You've get Simon Edmondson. You get Kosa, and then like, Sarnik falls into this weird spot. Like he's really good for the AHL, and he's like a fringe NHL player. But it's like, where do you fit him? Um, I mean, I'm super glad to have him on the team. Um, but I think it goes unnoticed because it's untracked. It's not it's not something that's publicly like available for us either, is the face-offs. I mean, it's something that we pay you pay you've been paying more attention to because it's something we can't grab right away. So you have to pay attention to it a little bit more. But I mean, Sarnik, I I hope he I, I want to see him in the NHL. I want to see him in the NHL more. I don't know what spot he has, but uh I think he does belong there. I think you say that though, and I think that would involve us losing him. I think, yeah. you know, and I don't want that. I think he he honestly is in the perfect position possible for what he can bring to the table. He plays an extremely important role here in Grand Rapids. He's one of the top offensive players. He's on the first line. He's a first line center. He, you know, is he's crucial on the power play for us. But you know, if God forbid something happens in Detroit, it's not like a fear of like, oh my God, who are they going to call up? Who are we going to be stuck with? Like, what's going to happen here? It's Nope, Zarnik can go up there and he can play that fourth line center role up there perfectly. And 
he's he was one of the best acquisitions that this organization I think has made when you're talking about depth pieces to be able to move up and down the lineup. Um, you know, there's other guys on this team now that can also fit that role that haven't gotten their shot yet. You know, one of them is driven back and forth quite a bit, but he hasn't gotten an actual shot to play. But I feel like it'd be the same thing with Rafferty if he had to step in and play. It's, he's not going to miss a beat. He's going to be able to go in there and deliver just like Zarnik does. We've seen Luff do it. Like, these are guys that don't get talked about. They're all in the shadow of the prospect. Everyone wants to talk about the Berggrins, the Caspers, the Edmondsons. But these guys deserve the appreciation. You know, like, the other guy I want to bring up, he didn't produce points this weekend, but at the same time, he was a real driver in what I thought was the aggression from this team this weekend, and that's Josiah Didier. You know, being the captain he is, and he's just shown himself more and more lately as that leader on the ice, being able to make the tough, rough and tough plays, throwing the body around. But also you can really see a lot of time that he's spending talking to these younger players, putting them in the right position, giving them some advice here and there. And I, I think he's such an underrated captain because he came in and everyone was like, who is this guy? Now he's the captain. What the heck? And at first yeah. we were like nervous as he was trying to gel with everybody too. The the production wasn't really there, but man, over since the Christmas break, I think he's played some incredibly good hockey and the leadership that he's bringing to this team can't go unnoticed. Like everybody talks about it when you talk to him, he's, he's a true leader. And clearly I think the right decision was made there uh, for who, who captains this team. And when the playoffs come around, I think he's going to play a really crucial role. Yeah, they. I mean, the longer that this team continues to play together, the more you see them gelling and getting comfortable with each other. And I mean, w when we go to the ammo interview, I mean, he he points them out. Like Didier's been key in his development, and a lot of these veteran guys. So I mean, it's a uh, we we were kind of wondering like we got the veterans; they're supposed to step up, and like the the rookies and the the draft picks and prospects are coming along too. And like now, it's it's really forming, and I it goes a long way with Josiah, you know, of putting everybody out there and being a good captain. You see him stand up for everybody. As soon as somebody's down, like he's there right there in the scrum, ready to go. So, uh, and I, I appreciate that. It's just a, as a fan. So, and, you know, we, we talk about, you know, wanting the, the production from the veterans, wanting the production from the kids and everything like that. And you just look at the score sheets over these last few games and you just talk about this weekend's games. You have goals by Gettinger, you have goals by Zarnik, but you also have goals by Casper and Berggren and, uh, cross Hannes, like it's all it's spreading out finally. It's not just goals coming from one person, it's not just points coming from Morosi, Berger, and Evanson. Like everybody's playing, everybody's contributing, and it's really special to see. Like, the more I watch this team, and the more we see like the locker room videos getting shown after a win, and everything, you just look at this group and you're like, Yeah, there's something special about these guys. I can't put my finger on it, but there is something very special about this group. Um, you know, the Griffins, like we said, dropped this one in the shootout, unfortunately, on Saturday. No one for the Griffins scored out of the six rounds in the shootout. Milich played incredible in the shootout. He was very aggressive. Uh, he came out and challenged everybody that he came up against. Kosa, I thought, did really well in the shootout. He only let the one goal by, which was unfortunately the one that won the game for Manitoba. But in this game, you know, yes, Kosa, three goals against, but he had a little bit of an issue uh, in this game, and it wasn't on him. Uh, he was he was screened a little bit by uh, by a Simon Edvinson. <laughs> And uh, there was a point where this happened for the second time in the game. And we noticed during the break in play, or I noticed, I sent you the picture, uh, Edvinson and Coase had a conversation together offside, off from the right away from the team, away from the bench there, just kind of making sure they're on the same page. And Simon Edvinson, I think, initiated that conversation from what I can tell. And I think he sensed Coase's frustration with it. 
and just being able to identify that themselves and sort it out between each other and just go on and play the rest of the game very well. It's good to see the boys being able to identify those things and not have to have a coach pointed out. That really tells me that they're, they're finally really kept come together as a team and they understand each other and know how things need to be handled. And it, it was good. It's just a, good to see a, a younger guy like Simon take another younger guy like Kosa aside and be able to have that conversation and identify a problem. Yeah. I mean, it's all three goals I felt like were screened. Uh, Kosa was screened. They were just shots off the face off uh, that got slipped past him. I mean, there wasn't really much play developed. There wasn't much anything there. So I don't know if it's something that the moves had like strategized of, Hey, you know, these are some set pieces. We've kind of noticed this or that. And let's try to um, take advantage of these situations. But I mean, Costa played a great game, uh, did well in the overtime, did well in the, the shootout. It Him going to Simon, I mean, Simon's been here for two years. I think a lot of people do look up to Simon as a like a leader based off of his, you know, potential and his draft pick. And he's like running the defense like he's the number one defenseman. Uh, <laughs> I mean, up there with Albert not to give any not to take anything away from Albert but I think a lot of people look at Simon as the leader of the defense for the Griffins and so for our two big guys to go come together figure it out not having a coach and you know come having that talk Brandon I mean I think that's that's a good point so and it seemed like they was that was after the third goal wasn't it yeah that was that after Lambert's that. power play goal that they had that because Simon was on the ice for Hinola's goal and Lambert's goal there uh, in front of coast and those were the manitoba second and third goals but it you know we'll say that simon was on the ice for those two goals it should be pointed out that simon was also on the ice for all three griffins goals in this game so yeah so it's all about balance right yeah but, exactly well then, that's but, the other thing too i mentioned is like do you kind of run into that issue when you draft such big defensemen and big players like you at some point they're going to be used to screen your goalie and so you need to draft bigger goalies you know, <laughs> I don't think we can find a much bigger goalie than Sebastian Kosa, buddy. He's a giant. Maybe but... we need smaller goalies, you know, uh. like a running back in the offensive line. Maybe that's the key here. I, I don't know, but um, it, it's bound to happen. It's bad luck. I mean, for us to beat the Moose four times in a row, it's pretty tough to beat anybody four times in a row. is pretty tough. So for us to, to end the weekend with the split, it's not bad, especially having the overtime. We get the point and, uh, I mean, the worst case scenario is if we don't get to, we don't get any points out of this game. Yeah, I mean, that, exactly. We took three points out of the possible four this weekend. That's a super positive for us. We're still tied for second with Texas. They had an interesting weekend themselves. Uh, no one's catching Milwaukee right now as they're on their 14-game win streak. Absolutely insane. Like, again, we're not fans of them by any means because they're in our division, but you can't shy away from being like, holy crap, they're doing something absolutely incredible right now. And it's split between the goalies. It's not even the same goalie just riding the hot hand. They're both playing incredible. So it's an entire team thing. But for the Griffins to come out of this weekend, still tied for second. This was a this was a weekend that we knew was going to be tough, and we have a tough stretch coming up here. We have a game on the road on, on, on Tuesday in Cleveland because we love playing on Tuesdays in Cleveland against a really good Monsters team. This is it's going to be another tough game here. It's a short turnaround for the boys, so we'll uh, we'll be covering that one, and hopefully we'll see some good results out of that. And then we got Cleveland back home here on Friday, so that's exciting for us, and we'll be we'll be at that game hopefully, and it'll be a good time. But anything else you want to take away from this weekend before we hit the ad break? 
uh the remarkable remarkable play from Bergen oh. in overtime uh we yeah we haven't brought it up yet but yeah they lose the face off oh no they won the face off no they lost the face off nope nope they won the face off but manitoba pressured and was able to take it away instantly and he's he dives to save that one gets back up in the offensive zone and skates so hard back to because it's a two on one at this point. It's three on three overtime, two on one going the other way. Bergy is just flying to get back, and it's literally an open net. And he dives and saves this puck from going into the net to force uh, the shootout. I mean, everybody, you know, could get on Bergy about his defensive play and whatnot throughout the year. And I, I mean, I clipped it. I said, you know, and they say he doesn't play defense, but I mean, he dove twice to save this in overtime to keep possession. I, I the the last dive was huge to save, but the first one goes unrecognized too. So like he had to literally get up off of all fours and get back to going full speed while these other guys are already on their feet and going. Like just the the speed that he showed there to save the game. Like I think that was huge for him. Um, I don't know who else was out there with him. I can't remember the yeah. Other. So with that play when they came, when Manitoba broke in, it was Ford and VL breaking in on Edmondson. He was the only guy back. Edmondson did a really nice play to turn around and try to break up the pass, but he did miss. Coast makes the first initial save, and it was a great save by Coast. But the puck ends up landing right on VL's stick, and Bergy, man, just comes sliding in, dive, stick hits the puck, doesn't take down the player, so no tripping, no penalty shot, none of that mess. And yeah. just ab- well, and then that, that, that was wide open, and he makes that play. It was un- I couldn't believe it. Once I saw that it was Bergy when he got up, I was like, the kid can do it all. He truly can. But like you said, him getting back to make that play, that was, it was unbelievable. I don't know how I forgot to talk about that, even though we said we were going to talk about it, but there's play a, of the game. I would say might be the save of the year. Save, Yeah. Well, between that and Marco's save. <laughs> yeah. We've had some big saves from those guys. So yeah, Bergy, Bergy, unreal weekend. Just the team really unreal weekend. I know, I know they hated losing that game on Saturday, but from our perspective and from a fan perspective, you're still on a nine-game point streak. You haven't lost in the regulation in nine games. Yeah, the seven-game win streak ended, but hey, you get to go on the road maybe to extend the road streak to seven. So yeah, we can still that, keep another think... streak going there too. They're just playing such good hockey right now, man. I hope the boys feel good. And I, I can tell the confidence is there, the swagger's there. They're having fun, and that's what's key. Like I remember back to the 2013, 2017 teams. Like this time of year, they weren't panicking about the stats and the, where they were in the division. They were out there just playing the game that they want to play, controlling it and having fun. Those teams were known for having some characters and some fun guys on them. And I think we got the same thing this year. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun weekend. It was a good weekend. It was. All right. So now we're going to meet our obligations with DraftKings and send it over to them. And then when we come back, we'll have Mr. Amadeus Lombardi for everyone to hear yeah. from here. And, what a fun interview this was. This kid is so much fun to talk to. Uh, incredibly genuine, nice guy. So enjoy that interview. And Nick, go read the ad. Yeah. 
Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Currently, the Kansas City Chiefs money line is plus 105, so if you bet $5, you could win $10.25. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crowd is yours. Problem? Call one 800 Campbell or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467369 in Connecticut. Help available for prom gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Bill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age raised by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, everyone, welcome back, and we have a treat for you. Joining us today is Detroit Red Wings 2022 fourth-round draft pick, drafted 113th overall. He still holds the records for most points in a single regular season for the Flint Firebirds in the OHL. He might be the fastest man I've ever seen hit the ice and watch out because nine times out of ten, he's going to take the puck away from you and go the other way. Welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast and Grand Rapids Griffin Center, Amadeus Lombardi. Amadeus, thank you for taking time out of your Sunday, man. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, happy to be on here. Good, good. Well, you're taking time out of your Super Bowl Sunday, too. I don't know if you guys have anything going on. You know, you're joining us today. Who are you rooting for? Uh, probably San Francisco, I think. I think yeah. everyone's everyone. I don't I'm not a big football guy. I don't really watch a ton of football, but uh, I feel like. A lot. Of, I feel like most of the people are rooting for San Francisco. I feel like those. I don't know. I, th- I think they're the underdog. They might not be, but I'm pretty sure they're the underdog. So, yeah, I'll go for that. This will come out tomorrow. So if you want to change your answer and we can edit it, we, we can do that. <laughs> no, 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 that's good. I'll stick with San Francisco. Yeah, that works. Are you guys in yeah. the team doing anything special for it? Yeah, we're going to get together, I think, around the time for it. So it should nice. be pretty fun. Yeah. Nice. Well, it was a fun weekend this weekend, man, against the Moose. It was a battle both Friday and Saturday. You guys took away, you know, three of four possible points, which in our eyes is a good weekend there. Uh, how yeah. do you? How tough was it getting back into action after that 12-day break, though? Honestly, it was kind of nice. Uh, you know, you get to go. I went home for All-Star break, so you get to go home, kind of reset your mind, see some family, see some people that you've missed, stuff like that. So it's kind of like a good reset. And then we came back here Wednesday, had two pretty hard practices and then we were ready to go, ready to go for the weekend. So I thought, uh, I thought the all-star break was a nice touch for sure. Yeah. It looked like Wadi had you guys pretty prepped and ready to go. You know, a lot of those breaks, you see guys come back and it looks like they're getting the rust off, but you guys were ready to roll right away in the first period yeah. on Friday. Yeah, it was fun. It was nice. Like you almost kind of miss it after a few days of being away and not playing games. Like I hate, playing a game Saturday and then I have to wait till Friday to play like drives me nuts. So uh, it was nice to, it was nice to be back and, and play some games. That's good. good. That's good. The Friday was your, it was your first shootout attempt, right? In the NH, in yep. the AHL. Yeah. You pulled off the craziest move. Uh, what was going through your head skating <laughs> in on Milicic with the crowd? Uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was, I wasn't expecting, to go that early honestly uh you know but i don't know if it was that crazy move it was okay but uh you know i came in i was a little cold um 
but I just, I just had a feeling that I, I was going to put that one in. I, I had some, I think I had some composure. And originally when I was coming down the left side, I wanted to kind of like hold it and kind of just like flick it over his shoulder, but he came out really aggressive. So I knew there'd be, you know, a little bit of space to tuck it around him and then ended up sliding in. And I was pretty relieved when it went in. So a little bit lucky, but okay. Do you have like two or three different moves or do you have like when you're going through, like what do you, what do you have planned, I guess, or do you just kind of like read it and go? I just depends. Like, like usually I'll have, I have a few moves that I'm definitely like that I always fall back on, but I also like to feel it out. I like to feel how the goalies move in. I feel like if you have a move that you know, you're going to do going in, like if if it's not there, you're going to overthink yourself. So you just have to read off the goalie. Cause I had no clue. I was going to do that move. I just like <laughs> did it. I just did it. Like I didn't, Originally, I was going to go the other way, but he just can't. He was just aggr- more aggressive than I thought. So, yeah, it worked out. I mean, it was good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a pretty aggressive goalie for sure. Yeah. So, a lot has changed for this team since the Christmas break. I mean, you guys are on an absolute tear. I mean, we all kind of saw it coming. You know, we cover, we talk about you guys twice a week, and we're sitting here going, the team's going to take time to gel. They're going to get they're going to get things together, and they're going to go on a run. And that's what you guys obviously have done. But what do you personally think has changed for yourself and the team since that Christmas break there? I think you guys kind of nailed it right on the head there. Uh, we've been coming together a lot more as a group, just gelling, uh, starting to play for each other. Uh, you know, we're, we're I feel like some of the younger guys are starting to get more confident, myself included. You know, I'm not as nervous on the ice when I'm going into games. I'm starting to, you know, maybe, you know, not, not fully like swagger yet, but, you know, you're starting to, Feel yourself feeling comfortable making plays, uh, and I think for a lot of guys, that's what they're feeling as well right now. And uh, when you're winning, it's just it's a way better atmosphere coming to the rink, seeing all like it's just it's just better. So we're gonna keep this thing rolling, and I think we even got another step that we can take. And I know the guys think that as well. I mean, you mentioned swagger. It's hard to say that and not mention Berggren. Like, he's got a whole yeah. new swagger about him. It feels like he's 100%. been extremely fun to watch over the past few weeks 100%. and getting himself yeah. into a, into some stuff. Maybe he shouldn't, but at the same time, he's having <laughs> a good time. <laughs> yeah, 100%. He's a, he's a character. He's a, he's a pretty funny guy. And uh, I just love his poise with the puck, his patience with the puck. He never fully panics. And, you know, it's a, it's a really good trait that, that he has to his game. I think it's one of the best parts of this game is his composure with the puck, his patience. Oh yeah. The, so I want to go back a little bit is you came from the O uh, my hometown team, the Flint Firebirds Um, back when I was there, (laughs) we were the generals. So what, and you tore it up all last season. Like I, if the Griffins weren't playing on the weekend, I was driving back to Flint to be able to watch you guys. Like literally if there was downtime, I was back out there, which it kind of sounds like you've been doing the kind of the same thing. Uh, we know during the all-star break, you were down there. Um, you know, kind of talk about your time in Flint and like, what, what was it playing with the birds? Yeah, I, I played, I only played two years there just because I was a late draft pick to the O and then COVID. So I, I only played my 18 and 19 year old season, but man, I like, I love that place. I had such, such great billets that I still keep in contact with all the time. The teammates that I had my first year, uh, you know, some of those, the older guys were so, 
so good to me and developed kind of like a brotherhood helped me so much and then my second year was like I was only in my second year but I there was a couple guys that I felt like I took under my wing a little bit and that was really good too and I still text them all the time now I still go see them all the guys now and I know it's a different team but the core is there and uh you know I love those guys and yeah I've been to I've only been to two games this year which less than I've wanted to be especially being like this close only like about an hour and a half it's just we've been on the road so much so definitely the the more time we're at home the more I'm gonna go there and yeah I'm really excited I love being there the the last time I was there I was talking to some of the coaches and they were like yeah like we called Detroit at the deadline to see uh I don't know if I should be saying this but I think it's fine they're like we called Detroit nah they're like we called Detroit at the at the deadline to see like hey is Sam coming back and they're like no so (laughs) would have been yeah it's cool though I, I really like that place it's an incredible place man it's it, yeah i got to experience it for my first time last season and it was it was unbelievable it's, and that was yeah. the game six uh playoff game where you guys forced the game yeah. seven and second yeah that, was that ending there was game. just wild yeah but, even that was a crazy playoff series that was a fun series to play in it sucks that we didn't come out on top i really thought we should have i thought we deserved it i thought we would have done well in the second round but Okay, that one was that one was a hard, tough pill to swallow for sure, especially after coming back in Game Seven like that. Yeah, and uh, I we watched it like we I think we had purchased the playoff round, so we were here at home like watching it. I was literally screaming on my TV. I lost my voice yeah. because I was like I was so into it uh-huh. and yeah. just the style of play that you guys played last year was so exciting to watch. And I'm like, okay, I like I'm like super more involved than anything before. So um, mm-hmm. to pay to pay for OHL like. <laughs> Is yeah. you're going that next step. So mm-hmm. um who so who are you still connected to in Flint? You said you're still texting people, you're like you're still connected. Oh, like is there a anybody bunch of guys? Here? Well, like anybody you know guys league? throughout the league. So like I mean, obviously I played at the beginning of the year, the team was relatively the same. You know, I still talk I still guys like Gavin Hayes who got traded, Kressler, Giroux, all those guys kind of got dealt. Like I talked to those guys all like I played with them for two years. So, and then, you know, those guys are gone, but then new guys come in, you meet them, you talk to them. But, uh, you know, last year there was a couple of rookies, Matthew Jenkins and Nathan Aspinall, who I really kind of got close with. I felt like I took them under my wing a little bit and they're, they're great guys. Uh, they're both giants. So they make me look really tiny and I don't love, I don't love that part of it, but I love going down to see them and the rest of the team and the staff and stuff. It's, it's really nice to, kind of brings me back down to earth and it's an awesome awesome place awesome awesome atmosphere and the fans are are amazing so i have a lot of love for that place for sure yeah it's a special place so we listened to the uh carter mazer interview that he did with the wing wheel podcast boys and he Mm -hmm. said one of his favorite memories was assisting on your first professional goal it got us thinking what was your favorite moment in flint and what's your favorite moment in grand rapids so far that's awesome that he said that that's (laughs) he's my roommate he's in the room right here yeah yeah he's a great guy we we uh i'll get to i'll get to we've been cooking a lot lately so i'll get to that later but i'd say my favorite memory in flint there's there were so many um my from my first year uh winning the like going to the eastern conference finals or the western conference finals sorry being that close to within a finals that group got so tightly knit and being able to experience that playoff 
that playoff, uh, you know, compete level and, and distance that we went, like that was really cool. And it was bittersweet, but that was awesome winning those two series against some pretty good teams. And then for my second year, I think that we had a game in Kitchener where we kind of went in, we were, there was like three teams that were all on the cusp of fifth place to finish the year. There was two games left in the season. We went in the last weekend and Kitchener, whoever won this game was clinched fifth place. So we were down like five, two with three minutes left. We came back, we won in overtime. That was just the bus ride home was insane in the room after was crazy. I had all my family and friends there. Uh, all my child, all my like childhood friends, like it was just uh, so so cool. So those definitely my top two in Flint, and then in Grand Rapids this year, it's tough to say. It's tough to say. What I would say, oof, you guys are putting me on the spot because <laughs> we haven't. There hasn't been. I'm a big like play. I like the playoff wins and like the the big That's team cool. wins. You know, like those big moments. I want to say, um, maybe I'll say I'll say an off ice one. We had a at the start of the year, we had a uh, a little Halloween party. So me and Mays are dressed up as a couple skeletons, whatever. It was a stupid costume, but we all had like this Halloween party. And at that time of the year, I was really like still in my shell. I wasn't really talking to anybody. I was kind of quiet, a little bit shy. And then that night, like, uh, we all kind of, I feel like we came together as a group. A lot of the guys started, you know, talking to me, bringing me under their wing. And, like, that just gave me confidence on the ice, believe it or not, because I felt a part of the group. I felt like everybody took took me in, and that was a really cool experience. And then another one was probably when Mays, I'm going to say when Mays came back from injury, uh, we played three games together, and we it was pretty fun playing with them. We had some, we had some good chemistry on the ice. I felt like we were always in the ozone buzzing around making plays and stuff. And we were, we were good on the bench communicating. So that was definitely fun. And I didn't set him, I didn't get an assist on his first goal this year. I know he scored last year, but uh, um, me, him and Elmer on Elmer's first goal, we all connected and that was a pretty good one. So I'll say that as well. Yeah, I remember that Kitchener game really well, actually, that you were talking about for Flint. Yeah. Because I think we were watching, you had Griffins on one screen, Red Wings on one screen, and you guys on another. And yeah. Red Wings and Griffins had a rough night that night. And I'm looking over at your guys' score, and I was like, uh-oh. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, what is happening? This yeah, is incredible. So, and, oh, dude. Wow. We, we had an empty net pulled for, I think, three minutes. Yeah, it was it was insane. <laughs> well, like, insane. it was like – they made it five two with like five minutes left, and then or maybe even less, like four minutes left, and then uh, we scored a goal to make it five three with three minutes left, and then we had the goalie pulled for the rest of the game. It was, that was a fun one. The O is always so crazy like that though. It's like the goals come in spurts, like it's all or nothing yeah. kind of thing. Uh, that sometimes. was oh, that was such a fun game, and the last goal we scored, they reviewed it too. The time we tied it with like. 15 seconds left and they reviewed it uh because there might have been goal interference there wasn't but they reviewed it so like we were all so nervous they had a couple times they iced the puck and it went just by our net or they had one where like we turned it over at the blue line they came in on a two-on-one empty net somehow we got back whacked it in the air like it was just 
that chaos hockey crazy game yeah it was so much fun <laughs> that's awesome yeah uh, now that you're you're kind of acclimated to grand rapids i would say um yeah you've been here for a few a few months now what are your favorite spots um in flint and in grand rapids to go to to do when you're not in the ice you're not on the ice yeah uh oof. i don't know i like being on the ice quite a bit uh i'll say <laughs> for grand <laughs> for grand rapids probably there's a ton of good like food spots that i really like too i took my parents to the chop house after one of my games and I that was a really that was a really nice night when my parents came to visit me. Uh so there's a lot of good restaurants I like to go here and I have Kilwins right outside my building, which is really good ice cream. So um but I haven't really done too much in Grand Rapids. But there's a ton of stuff that I want to do more. Uh and then in Flint there's a mall in Troy about like thirty five minutes away. It's a pretty nice mall. They got some nice stuff. Um, and honestly, like, I think the best part is just like hanging out with your teammates. I'm a big, like homebody. So I'll, I'll have the guys over here, uh, or I'll go hang out with some guys at their place. And even in Flint, like just getting together, I think that's like where you make the best memories. That's good. I like that. That's, that's a good yeah. answer right there. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so as you might be able to tell behind Nick there, we're pretty big Jersey guys. I don't have them all displayed yeah. behind me like him there, but he's a big oh, yeah. Jersey guy as well. Flint and Grand Rapids have had some crazy ones in your time. Yeah. What has been your favorite one so far? Oh, I love jerseys. I I have to, I love jerseys. I love uh like even as a kid I used to uh I used to collect jerseys, go in the, go in the store when I was like 3 years old, start naming jerseys. But anyways, <laughs> um I, I would say my favorite from Grand Rapids this year, it has to be the red and white third jerseys we have like those are so crisp with the shield like i want to make a i don't know if i should say this out loud but i want to make a petition to get those the red and white shield the white ones as their homes and then do like a red version of that with the white shield as our away and just run those i think that would be so and then do like the blacks as our third jerseys I'm so like, odd. Yes. Like, yes. I, I think that would be unreal. Those jerseys are, I feel like I play like 10 times better when I wear those jerseys. Like there's something about it. You just feel good wearing them. I love you, those jerseys. Uh, you got not your that first I don't white like in that jersey. Did I? Yeah. With, oh, I uh, did. It was the last off skate, last call, game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my first AHL point. Yes. I remember yep. that. Um, yeah. Not that I don't like the other jerseys. It's just like those ones are so crisp. And, even like I like the flying toasters ones. I liked, I liked a lot of like the the ones we have. I feel like we we've, we've gotten some pretty good jerseys. And then in Flint, I would say, I love the the generals ones. Like so even from both years, the first year, oh, what was the first year? What did the what the first that the one you have there? That's this the second. This yeah, this was Garou's from last year. Yeah, that's last year. That's last year's one. I'm trying to think what the year before was. I think it was just like generals down. Oh, I have a good. I sh- I don't know. The 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 one from both years was really cool. And then we also had a Santa Claus one my first year, which was like they had like the red. We had shells too. We had the red shells with the with the snow the snow things like the snow boots and stuff like that. And then we had the Santa Claus jerseys. Those were awesome. And then. 
I love the, I always love like the cancer ones, like the, the pink ones, the purple ones. It's for obviously for a really good cause, but they're pretty nice too. You look good too. So those ones are cool. Uh, one thing we listed. So you're a big cook. Uh, where did that yeah. come from? Um, well, I got, I'm, I'm Italian. So it's kind of big in my household. I got my mom and my nana always, I, I have a pretty big family. We all kind of live together. So we have these big dinners and it's really a part of my like core childhood and, and all that stuff. So I think it stems from that and just watching my nana and my mom always cook, making all this food for everybody and, and all that stuff. So I watched them growing up and then I used to watch cooking shows for some reason when I was like 12, I got, I, for, I don't know why I just started doing it. And then when I, when I moved to Flint, um, my billets sometimes were like gone with taking their kids to hockey. They had three, three boys in hockey. So a lot of the time they'd buy grocery, a ton of groceries for the house and, and I would just start cooking. So I started like that cooking on my own and I started getting pretty good. And then this year, I think I'm a pretty decent cook now. I've made some good stuff. I've had some of the guys over for a big meal. Um, and me and Mays actually made a pretty good dinner on, on Thursday night. He said it was pretty good. So when we cook, he takes care of the, the vegetables. He's a vegetable guy. I do the, uh, the meat, the pasta or whatever, like the, the other two, but he takes care of the vegetable. He, he does a good job. So we got a good routine. Good little partnership. What, what did yeah. you guys make Thursday? So I did, he did asparagus. He did, he did like roasted asparagus with a little bit of Parmesan on top. I think I, well, that's what I put on. And then I did uh lamb chops. So I brought like, I bought two like full racks of lamb, like uncut, uh, marinated them in a little bit of garlic, olive oil, balsamic for about an hour, dried them off real good, salted them. I got like a big cast iron pan. So Got that full heat, seared them for like five minutes on each side, get them like a nice crust. And then in the pan, I go with like rosemary, thyme, uh, garlic that I was marinating them in, and then butter, baste it for two minutes, no heat. And then I put the whole cast iron pan in the oven at 450 for 10 minutes and it's like medium rare, cut it off. And then I did mashed potatoes. So okay, but with, with the lamb, with, with the lamb, uh, I made a chimichurri sauce. So pretty good but that's been my go-to the last couple of weeks uh, I, I it's really good i like making it so yeah that's incredible oh, yeah um, <laughs> i've been cooking i don't know <laughs> what's your favorite thing oh. to cook is it that the lamb i think right now it's been the lamb chops i i think they come out they've come out i've cooked them like four or five times they've come out perfect every time not that i'm tooting my horn i'm just no. my own horn. i'm just saying like <laughs> they've come out good they're they're not that hard but Usually my go-to is like, an, I, I like to get a nice, you know, bone-in ribeye, good steak. I, I do the same process for the steak. I don't marinate it before. I just pat it, salt, a lot of salt for a crust. But I do the same thing with like basting it and stuff like that to like get a medium rare. And the mashed potatoes I do, I, uh, I whip them after. So like I'll boil them, start mashing them with like the butter and then a little bit of, I do whole milk salt, pepper, all that stuff. But then after I go in with a whipper and I whip them, so they're like pretty fluffy. I don't know. Jeez. Nice. Uh, yeah. Would, I'm prepping yeah. food, but. <laughs> yeah, it takes a while. That's the thing. And it, that's the only thing that's hard is like, it takes a while when you want to do something nice, but I think it's worth it. Oh, for sure. 
So is that like your favorite non-hockey activity you think? Like, is there anything else you do to just completely relax and unwind after games? I love cooking. I love music. Uh, I'm a big music fan. So I started, I took one of my, my brother lent me one of his guitars. Well, not, they're my dad, but my dad lent him. He lent me. So I'm going to try and teach myself how to play guitar because I love music and I never, I never play guitar. I wish I did. Never got to it. So I'm going to try and teach myself now. I played the other day and it's incredibly hard. This is going to take forever, but hopefully I get there. So that's going to be another hobby of mine for sure. Um, pre-game ritual, anything you have, like any superstitions or any meal that you go to? Uh, me and Brandon, so many. we have one. <laughs> go ahead. You guys have one? What we, is, yeah. we do insomnia cookie before the game. Uh, and we sneak them in, and we have been on a crazy win streak since we've been doing this. So uh, that nice. is our pregame ritual right now. <laughs> I've got, I've got so many. Like it, uh, my ritual and like routine legit starts like the night before, pretty much. It's like I, I I'll start. I'm not gonna start there. It's gonna take forever. But I, yeah. <laughs> it might be too much, honestly. Like I think I need to dial it back a little bit and work on it i feel like i'm way too hyper focused on a game day but um my go-to pregame meal is usually i'll do i'll do like just like a pasta a pasta dish with like if it's sauce my mom or nana gave to me like in a jar i'll either use that or i'll do like just a plain pasta with butter like really light and then i'll do in a bowl arugula I'll cut up carrots down like this way, you know, like vertically and then cut them in half, throw that in the oven with a little bit of uh, olive oil, salt, pepper, thyme, and a little bit of brown sugar. So it like caramelizes. Then I put the carrots in with the arugula. Uh, I grill chicken thighs on the cast iron pan, chop them, throw that in with the arugula and the carrots with the, with the juice. And then I'll do, uh, a balsamic glaze on top of that mix it in so i'll have like a salad portion and like the pasta portion and then i always drink it's gonna sound pretty gross but every time i wake up for my pregame nap i'll chug like a whole pint glass of i do like water uh two tablespoons of like pink himalayan salt to a tablespoon of honey and a full lemon squeezed i just drink that so i have to try that it's not good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it makes you feel good, I guess. So yeah, those are those are the two I always kind of stick by. You jumped into your first AHL game late last season, and it was Brian Lashoff's last career AHL game. What yeah. was what was that like for you? Just jumping in to, with the team like that, and then being a part of that crazy last game for him. It was really it was really cool. Uh, I was pretty honestly, he was kind of intimidating. I was a little bit scared. <laughs> I was a little bit scared of him when I first came in. I didn't know it was his last game either. So I didn't know until like the day of. So I came in, I practiced a couple times. It was nice to kind of get my feet wet um, and see and see the guys and meet them and stuff. They were all really good guys. But um, it was just a little bit different pace, especially coming from losing. I was a little bit down from losing that playoff series. Uh, but I was excited for the game. And then I found out it was his last game. And I thought it was like a weird like – a weird uh, – not a weird dynamic, but it was like I was playing my first game. He was playing his last game. So that was kind of cool. And, yeah, he's just – he's a super nice guy. And 
now he's a coach too. So, um, it's, it's really good. He's a really good coach too. He's a defensive coach. So I don't talk to him about a lot of forward stuff, but he's, he's a really good guy, a really good coach. I think he's going to become, you know, a really good coach as the years go on as well. Um, and it was cool to kind of be a part of his last game as well. How has it been uh, with Dan Watson this first year there? How has that relationship been for you? How how is he like as a coach? Yeah, it's been really good, I think. Uh, I think there's definitely a lot of stuff I need to work on, be better at. Uh, He's a really good communicator. And so at the beginning of the year, we did these, not psychology tests, but uh, we just filled out a, a Google Doc and it came out with these like analysis, like personality quizzes, I guess, something like that. So I think that's a really good, cool trait that he has. He kind of brings that uh, approach to it where he says a lot that he, he doesn't want to be coaching players. He wants to be coaching people. And I love that uh, trait. I love that aspect. I, I'm a big believer in that. So I think that that has been really good. And, you know, as a young guy, you're a little bit nervous to go talk to the coaches just to like, not about anything, just like talk with them, ask them how you think you've been playing, stuff like that. As a young guy, you're kind of nervous to do that. So I think I'm kind of coming out of my shell more and, and asking some more questions, but it, that, it's been very well good. That's good. That's what I like to yeah. hear. Yeah. So one thing that we uh, noticed, we got to go to that season ticket holder open practice, got the guys, yeah. see you guys actually practice in person there. We noticed uh, Josiah Didier hanging out with you a lot there. Has there been anyone on the Grand Ops Griffins that's kind of taken you under their wing, any of the veteran players that are just kind of showing you the way of the AHL? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, well, Josiah Didier is obviously like, such a good captain like he's such a good guy um so he's one for sure he's just always like serious but not you know what i mean like he's not a guy who's gonna be like joking around you can't as a captain you know he's not a guy that's like joking around telling jokes but like he's like he's really good to you all the time he's always like how you doing greeting you in the morning talking to you uh organizing events but then he's also like focused you know, so it's a good, I like, I like those traits about him a lot. Uh, but really the main, main guys, uh, Nolan Stevens is a guy who's really taken me under his wing, talking to me about, you know, playing wise, off ice stuff, nutrition, sleep, uh, even like he got me into like breathing, like breathing exercises and stuff before bed. So I started doing that and that made me feel good. And even like, uh, on the ice about like protecting the puck off puck transition like all that kind of stuff he's helped me a ton he's a guy that's really taking me under under his wing and he's like a brother like I really look up to him another guy's Brogan Rafferty uh he's a defenseman so it's a little different but he's just he's such a funny guy he's so easy to joke around with and talk to uh he's serious when he needs to be but he's also like extremely lighthearted and he's a an awesome family man he's uh great person another guy that i look up to another like brother figure of mine uh zach ashton reese is another guy who's really taking me under his wing as well he's had me over for dinner a few times um you know talk to me about a lot of stuff whether it's you know again on ice stuff uh about my game stuff like that encouraging me so those three are like have been really good to me um it's been and that has helped me help help my game a ton just because it gives you the confidence that if your teammates believe in you, it helps so much. So, yeah. That's awesome. Is there a lot of communication between you and the guys in Detroit? I know Draper and the other staff, they spend quite a bit of time in Grand Rapids, but has there been a lot of communication or are you kind of just keeping your head down and just doing what you got to do here? 
I think it's it's been good. We have like skills coaches that come in all the time. We have skating coaches that come in all the time, and then obviously you know Horkov's general manager. He's around quite a bit. Uh, I you know they're around, but they're not like it's it's different. Like they're they're big staff, right? So it's not like with the coaches or with the the skills coaches. They're not coming on the ice or anything like that. Like sometimes Cleary will come on the ice with us and stuff like that, which is nice. Uh, there's been communication, but also, uh, you know, I've been keeping my head down, trying to grind, grind away, improve my game, work on things. We do video sometimes. So yeah, it's been good. What's been the hardest adjustment? And this was a fan question too, from a, a, a listener we have in Flint, but they want to know what the hardest adjustment you've had on ice and away from ice this year compared to Flint. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a few. I wouldn't say there's just one for... For both sakes, I think that on the ice, definitely the strength of the game. You know, uh, last year, my second year in the OHL, it was kind of like, I still wasn't like the strongest guy in the league by any means, nowhere near that. But I was strong enough to where like I could hold the guy off. I could hold the guy off with one arm. I could lean on him. I could protect the puck. I could take the puck to the net all the time. And now it's like, Everyone is so much stronger. Not only are they stronger, but they just seem to be like longer. Like their sticks are longer. Everyone's a good skater. So that part has been that that definitely I know it sounds cliche, but just like the strength has been a really big adjustment. Face offs is another thing that I've been struggling with. I've been trying to work on that, get better at that, but that's been another tough, tough aspect of it. Um but I think it's been improving. I think my game's been elevating. I'm trying to get better every single game. Um, and then away from the ice, I think when I was playing the OHL, I was living with billets and, you know, they were amazing. They were like, they were like my family and I was able to see them every day, have interactions, all that kind of stuff. And now it's like, you're living on your own. You, you know, I'm, I'm an hour and a half further away from home, about five and a half hours away from home, which isn't that far, but still. And then you don't have that family aspect. So I definitely have felt uh, different with that. You know, you feel a little bit more lonely just because you don't have that family interaction every day. So I definitely miss my family more this year. Uh, So that's been tough. Um, But yeah, those have been definitely the top two. The one thing we've noticed with you on ice is like, you're just a takeaway king. Like I don't, I don't. Brandon wants to know. Like, is there a is there a stat for that? Are you guys are able to see that? Because like we can't see a lot of stats. No. on our end. No, no, there hasn't. I think you know honestly, like last year, I in the OHL, obviously, I took away way more bucks. I feel like I haven't been doing it as much as I wanted to this year. Got to get back to that, but it's just harder. Guys have harder sticks, so I'm sure as as I get stronger, as I get more confident, it'll come. Uh, but right now, even with my game as overall, I'm just really trying to, uh, I'm really trying to hunker down on, on the little things, grow my confidence. I feel like I've been making a lot more plays lately. I feel like, you know, for a few weeks I was playing well and just like nothing was going in, nothing was going. So hopefully that turns around now. I, I got a lucky goal the other day, so that helps, but I'm not even worried about points at all this year. I'm more worried about playing the right way, getting getting confidence under my belt, getting some trust under my belt and taking it from there. Put the work in and it'll pay, it'll pay off. Yeah. hundred percent. 
and we can tell like we watch you and you like you play so well so we Thank know you. the points will start coming through for you um, yeah. you'll be back up to like what you had in flint like I, <laughs> we know it we can see it so um, i hope so i hope so thank you i appreciate that i think you gotta give yourself more credit on the takeaways too i think you're average yeah, like two or three of shit <laughs> yeah. like when i sit there watching i'm like how did he come up with the puck where, where what um it's crazy good so, a teammate question for you here. This is this is a fun one here. So a guy that's been turning it on a lot lately, Sebastian Kosa. I mean, like yeah. I was talking about him heating up. What's he like as a teammate in person? And we know goalies are strange people. Is he as weird <laughs> as Alex Lyon comes off in Detroit? Because he seems like an absolute character. Uh, Co- <laughs> Kosa is, is probably, he's one of the funniest guys on our team. He's always like, I don't know, he's got this like, big body and he dances around when music comes on it's pretty funny he's actually got some good moves he's got some flair he's got some flair so he's hilarious he's always like joking around super lighthearted. uh really really good guy always pumps you up i love ghost he's hilarious so i love hanging out with him spending time with him and he's a great guy has an amazing amazing personality so he's gonna do really well too you can just tell like Starting to come in his own. He's playing. He's been playing some really, really good hockey. Um, so it's only a matter of time for him, I think. On the athletic side too, he's just a freak when it comes to that. He's so athletic as a goalie. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and another guy, a guy that we don't think gets enough recognition on this team because I think he's under somebody's shadow, uh, literally, is Albert Johansson. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a, he's an incredible defenseman. And what's yeah. he like as a oh, team yeah. person? And for us. We always make the joke about it. We don't see him smile often. Is he really grumpy or is, he, is that no. just his personality? <laughs> he's, uh, I went to dinner with him last night, actually, after the game. Oh, nice. He's he's probably, I think he's one of the most underrated defensemen in the league. Like, I think he's so good. You know, you look at, you look at, uh, or like, he just, he's always solid both ends of the puck. I even think in the ozone, like, sometimes I tell him, like, man, like, go for it more like you got so much skill you you're so good like i feel like he holds back a little bit sometimes in the ozone but i mean he's a defenseman sometimes you gotta play it safe but still um yeah, he's so good so good i think it's only a matter of time for him as well uh before he makes he makes that jump i'm not gonna make any assumptions or jinx anything like that but i just think you know he's a great player he's a great person as well he's a funny guy too bit of a jokester as well so we got a lot of jokesters on our team. It's pretty funny. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's and yeah. On the offensive side, you're right too. Like that goal he pulled off against Belleville last weekend. Oh my God. Like yeah. that backhand yeah. was disgusting. <laughs> he's got some, he's got some silky, silky hands. That's for sure. I think we yeah. got two more questions for you, Ammo. Yeah. Um, what's the, cre- what's the, so I was going back to some of your interviews and uh, one interview question that I found was from Helen St. James. Uh, back at the dev camp, uh, she asked you and Shai Buyam, uh how you guys were sleeping, and you both were like, uh, uh, "Can you kind of reword the question?" So, like, it made me laugh. Like, what is the craziest, weirdest question you've been asked? And you can't, you can't use any from today. Uh, no, I wasn't. But uh, I don't know the the weirdest question I've been asked. I'm trying to think. I feel like uh, my like my interview skills have gone have gotten better like every year just you become more articulate you become more confident um 
you speak like when you speak with competent people to kind of feel that you can read off it. So they've obviously gotten better. They're still not great, but um, I don't know the weirdest question I've been asked. It's gotta be, I'm sure there's one out there for sure, but I, I am, I'm kind of blanking right now. It's probably one. I, I guarantee you it's one where it's like you're on the road and you do an interview in between periods in the OHL or something like that. Um, I think there was one. Yeah, man, I'm blanking right now on that. They're all kind of, a lot of them are similar. Like, you know, the, I try and not give cliche answers, but sometimes it's so hard (laughs) not to, you know, because it's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So I try and like switch it up a little bit, but it's hard. Yeah. That's like, we were, we were prepping up for this and I'm like, I don't want to ask him the same question that he's yeah. been asked a million and three times. You know? No, they, they, so, they've been good questions. I got to say. They <laughs> we appreciate been, that. Don't worry. Yeah. We appreciate that. All right, Nick, I think you got the last one there, sir. All right. So uh, last question for you. Do you love to yeah. win or do you hate to lose? I think they go hand in hand, right? <laughs> like I think they go hand in hand. I love winning. But I, I like in the same breath, I hate losing. Like I, oh, yesterday I was so, so pissed off after the game just because, especially because I missed my, my shootout attempt as well. And then like, if I score that, they save it, we win. You know, I know it could have gone that like that for anyone, but like, that's what I'm in control of. And like, it was driving me nuts. I was thinking about every little play all all night long i couldn't it was driving me crazy so definitely both but yeah i hate losing i hate losing it drives me nuts in anything so super competitive i i'm a big uh brandon got me on letter kenny and then i i just finished shorzy and that's one of the big yeah. questions throughout the <laughs> so i was like this would be great to ask him yeah i never i never <laughs> got into that i i know that show i just never got into it it's too wild. It's, it's too hot. yeah 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 well i mean don't beat yourself up about last night man. I, it is what it is right and i think yeah. your shootout attempt was good i think the ice looked a little choppy in front of uh millage yeah. too for you guys yeah um, I, I don't know i could have done a lot better with that attempt i'm pretty uh pissed off at myself for that i just you're you're 50 in the ahl on the shootout that's a pretty good record right yeah there. I'm, only <laughs> two, though. I'm only taking two yeah i, I don't know <laughs> So you never know you never know when you're gonna get another chance, right? So that's what drives me crazy is like you know, anyways. It, it's gotta it be out. hard too going against the same goalie and the same shooters back to back nights too though. Yeah, I yeah, I, sh- I honestly like he played it pretty well, but I should have come in. I had a move in mind and I should have done it, but it's okay. Good. Maybe you guys will get it one day. <laughs> I'm sure we will. I'm sure there'll be more opportunities. Don't you worry, man. Well, hey, we'll let you get back to your Sunday. Thank you again so much for taking yeah, time out of your day to do this, man. We appreciate it. And this was a fun interview for us. I hope it was for you as well. Yeah. Keep up the great work, man. We look forward to seeing what you guys do this season. We know you guys are going to continue to go on a tear and just keep having fun with it, man. That's what we love to see is you guys out there having a good time. So, yeah. yeah. I, Thank you very yeah. much, guys. I really appreciate that. Appreciate you guys having me on as well. It was a fun time for me too. Sorry. I, I extended you guys a little long, but hopefully, we have all day ahead of us. So don't you worry. We right. still got to record the rest of the episode after this. So you are good to go, man. But <laughs> awesome. no, thank you again. Enjoy the game tonight and uh, you guys go have thank a good you. time and uh, good luck on Tuesday in Cleveland.
Thank you so much. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Thanks, Thank you too. All right. And we are back. Thank you again to Amadeus for that interview. That was a blast for both of us. I think you can see the grin on both of our faces the entire time. Like it was, it was such a fun, fun thing for us to do. Thank you to the Grand Epic Griffins for making that a reality for us. Again, we're so new to this. We didn't think that was even possible for us to pull off. I know a lot of people are just like, they're just hockey players, but you know, for us that covers this team daily, they're, they're important people. And we, uh, we really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he was literally, he's literally my favorite player um, coming from the Flint Firebirds. Like I told him, I, I drove back every weekend to be able to watch him if the Griffins aren't playing. So uh, for me, like I'm over the moon right now. I was excited about it. I was ner- nervous, anxious about it. And uh, it, I thought it went really well. So, and hopefully it sounds like he'd be open to, to more uh, coming on again. So in the future, which I hope so. And uh, hopefully it opens us, us up for other interviews with players as well. I know we're working on a few um, and then some staff as well, which is going to be fun. I think that one, it's, that one's going to be wild. I don't, I don't even know where to start or like prep for that one. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting one, but I, I, I think my biggest takeaway from Amadeus here is one, like, I've watched some of his past interviews. You know, he did a podcast interview back when he was with the Firebirds initially, and it was definitely a quieter kid. And he mentions, you know, how he came into this a little shyer, quieter. He has really grown and come out of his shell. And, dude, you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. We got full recipes laid out. We know how to cook some serious chops <laughs> now, man. Like, he was just such a fun conversation. And I know it wasn't entirely directed about hockey, but we didn't really want it to be that, too. We really wanted to get to know him as a person. I want the fans to be able to know him and understand him. He's already a fan favorite in a lot of people's eyes. And I think after this, even more, the fans are just going to love him and appreciate him. And really good insight on a lot of things when it comes to this team, you know, talking about Watson, talking about Lashoff, talking about Didier, you know, it's just all really good things. And you can just tell it's a good, it's a good group of guys. And of course, Mazer, his roommate there. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's just, he's so genuine. He's always so nice too. And like, he was trying everything to do, like to help us, and, and like that, I could feel like I. I mean, he, we started on the phone, and then we started. We went to right to video um, on the computer, and like I don't know, he's just so such a nice kid, and just I I root for him. I really want him to go to the wings, and uh, I mean, how sick would that be? A Lombardi Detroit Red Wings jersey. I mean, <laughs> looks sick. Except he can't keep his number, so we got to figure that one out. But yeah, but, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm stoked. I hopefully we, I mean, we're going to see him again. We'll see him in two weeks uh, for the season ticket holder event. And um, yeah, I mean, it just, and he was like, I'm open all day. Like we could have continued throughout the entire time. And uh, I was really trying to just keep it short with him and uh, out of respect for his time. So, I mean, we could have probably talked for like another two hours. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah. He was no rush. He gave us all the time in the world. You know, there's one point we asked him, we're like a half hour in, we're like, hey, man, we got a few more. And he's like, all right, we're good. We're good. And uh, hopefully I didn't cut him off in the end there. But uh, I figured 45 <laughs> minutes was uh, was a long one for him. So, no, really, man, just thank you to him. Thank you to the Griffins again. What a fun time for us. And we hope everyone else enjoys that one, too. Uh, I, I know, I know. like I said, he's a fan favorite. So everyone's going to get to see a whole new side of him. And I, I really enjoyed it. Looking forward to the next one and many more. And that's what we were really trying to do for the listeners too, is like, we see them play, they do all these player interviews and it's always like, they, they get asked the same questions a lot. And so we really wanted to go a fully different way with it is like really get to know the player and who he is and like 
what he does in the off season and what does he do like in between games and like, you know, what, what's he up to, you know, uh, we want to be as, I don't know what, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. They're just like, we want to be more player focused, person focused. That's probably the best way to say it is we want to be more person focused. And I, he said that too, with Wadi is he wants to coach people, not coach players. And I think that's kind of more of our thing too, is when we, cause we both come from the coaching background and it's like, we want to be able to really show the true self of the players. I mean, they're more than just hockey players. They're, I mean, they're people. And I think that really showed during Amadeus, uh, the interview with him, is that, you know, he's a person. And I could tell some of the stories he was saying, like, really connected with, I could I could see this with other players, too. Yeah. Of, like, the whole family bit uh, that we did. I don't know if they'll stay in there or not, but... You know, you kind of feel for some of the former players that was here and went back overseas. I could kind of get that that, that touch. Yeah, I mean, we always we, we talked about as we prepped for this. We want to we want to be a players podcast, right? We want to be somewhere if they're going to come on here and interview with us. We want them to feel comfortable, safe, like they can they can talk about their stories and you know not have to worry about you know the tough questions that they shouldn't answer, or don't want to answer. So we, we yeah. want it to be a good time for them and and have fun with it and get the best out of them just for everyone else and show, show what these guys are really about. And like we said before, this group of, this group of guys with the Griffins team right now are a special group of people. And just talking to him about the guys in the room, like you could really feel that. Yeah. And, but, and, and we hope that that comes across to everybody else too. It's like, they feel a little bit more connected to the player and to the team, you know, with this. So. Yeah. Now we're just going to get people emotionally attached to him. So if anything ever happens like a trade or something, we're going to start breaking parts <laughs> out here, including our own. Oh God. But Jersey sales just went up for this guy. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. And like uh, the, the other thing I want to mention too, real quick is um, he played in Flint. We had a, I had a, I have a connection with a lot of people in Flint and they, everything that we hear from the fans that have been able to meet him and been able to talk to him and just kind of like get that time with him. Like, he's the same person like that. We just talked to, I mean, that's, he's really his true genuine self every time we see him. And he's like, you could just tell, like, he's just a really good, genuine person. You know, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. It was good. I hope everyone else enjoys it too, but that's all I've got. You have anything else you want to add this week? No, not that I can think of. I'm excited for this week of hockey. I mean, we got the Tuesday versus Cleveland and then Friday we've got um, Cleveland again. Yeah. Yep. It's friends night, so I'm excited for that. So, but no, yeah. I'm excited too. Big games coming up for Grand Rapids too. Out of division games, so taking those points would be huge. So we'll see what happens there. Like we said, we'll have all the coverage on the Twitter and Facebook page for Tuesday's game. But with that, we'll wrap this Monday episode up. Thank you again to Amadeus Lombardi for taking time out of his Sunday to join us today. Thank you to the Grand Rapids Griffins for making that possible. Shout out to Hockey Podcast Network for being an amazing host. Shout out to DraftKings for being great sponsors. And Nick, you have some Patreon people to thank. Yeah, thank you, Michael Asante. It was nice meeting you this week on uh, Friday. Um, that was a surprise to me. He's coming out of the out of the stands. Um, so hopefully next time let's get some uh let's let's chat some more. And then uh we got to take Randy to the game on Friday too. So it was good to be able to chat with him. So uh, yeah. those are yeah. our, our only two right now. Yeah, and then before we go too, make sure you head over to everythinghockey.com. Use code WEST, get 10% off your order. Grab yourself a hoodie, t-shirt, some drinkware that they got, all the cool stuff. Uh, we appreciate everyone for checking us out. If, like Again, first time with us, give us a follow, give us a like. Definitely check out all the content we'll be bringing going forward. Like we said, we have more exciting interviews planned for the rest of the season. Yeah. With that, we will wrap this one up. Everybody, have a wonderful week.
Go Griffins. And we will talk to y'all on Thursday. Love you. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Hockey Town West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeytownWPod and your host, Nick at GR Hockey Guy and Brandon at Brandon GR Hockey.